Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, are you ready for a March rate cut? I don't think it's going to be a great idea, but we've got to talk it because I think it is becoming more of a reality. Let's talk about what's going on in the housing market, something wonderful Cody Sanchez put out. And of course, we have to talk about the real estate catastrophe, aka Evergrande, because I think we are about to see some significant dominoes fall. And we have to understand, is there going to be any implications for us? So we will get into that today. It's the Daily Financial News. We do this live five days a week. I hope you enjoy them. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you watching live and on replay. I wanted you to know you're amazing. Alrighty, folks, let's get into it. We've got to talk about what I think is a growing trend towards a Fed rate cut in March. To be clear, I think it would be a horrible idea. In fact, a March rate cut could reignite inflation much like the 70s. But what I think doesn't matter, I think we have to talk about what is going on in the economy. First and foremost, we must realize that Nick T from the Wall Street Journal appears to have an inside track to the Fed. Also, something we have been talking about on this channel, and frankly, I have been, my, some of my experts have disagreed with me, seems to be playing out. What is that? Inflation is falling faster than the Fed expected. Also, the Fed wants to maintain the restrictive nature, meaning they don't want to get more restrictive. If those are true, you will get a March rate cut. It's just math. Again, the Fed could potentially cut rates when the economy last reported grew at 3%, when unemployment was last reported at 3.7. Folks, we went up 525 basis points. In fact, if you go back and watch my videos last year, I thought that last quarter point was a mistake. And frankly, I wore a swing and a miss t-shirt because I called 5%. I didn't think they'd go and they did. I said in those videos, while I'm wearing this shirt, I believe it was a mistake. So we could see the unwinding of that quarter point in March. Not to be outdone, we have James Bullard. James Bullard, I believe he's St. Louis Fed. I could be mistaken, but I think it's St. Louis. I can't believe he said this. James Bullard, I expect the Fed, meaning us, to cut rates before inflation hits 2%. Cuts could come as soon as March. I don't know anything clearer. That's pretty black and white for Fed speak. Now, of course, he didn't commit to it 
data dependent, all of these other things that could happen. But it is clear, if you look at what's happened with inflation, if you annualize either the last three or the last six months, inflation is already below 2%. Again, because some people are gonna call me a bull or whatever, I think it's a mistake, but what I think doesn't matter. What might this mean for the economy, for housing? We'll get into that in a minute because we have some great data from Altos Research to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, so again, Fed rate cut in March, James Bullard. How about Goldman Sachs? Goldman Sachs says we still expect the Fed to cut in March and we expect five rate cuts all year. Five rates cuts would equal a one, uh, 125 basis points or one and a quarter percent. We would go from five and a quarter to four, roughly speaking. So yeah, I wonder what that's gonna do to housing, to mortgage rates. Yeah, this ought to get interesting. All right, let's talk about the real estate catastrophe that is Evergrande. We talked about Evergrande, it seems like three years ago. It has taken this time, but apparently over the weekend, they were unsuccessful in renegotiating debt. What the it appears is happening now in Hong Kong is they are going to force liquidation. Liquidation, AKA bankruptcy, is not normally something with one company that could potentially destroy an economy. But let's remember, in China, their economy was roughly speaking one third real estate. And let's not forget that Evergrande was the second largest developer. That's a lot of debt. Now, the question for me, because again, bankruptcy liquidation is part of the system, but I do have questions. One, is there any cross liability? Did Evergrande and Town & Country or whatever these other big developers, does removing one add undue pressure to others via cross collateralization? It could. I would expect the Chinese developers to be in bed with each other, but I don't know that for sure. It just feels like that kind of environment. And now that you're taking out one, does that essentially guarantee others fall and fall quickly? I don't know. Number two, this is the big one. Will customers, will Chinese citizens be directly impacted and lose money? You have to remember, there's not a 401k pension kind of system there. In fact, housing is their pension. They often buy a second home and don't even fill it up because that's their pension or retirement. If you suddenly have hundreds of thousands or heaven forbid millions of consumers lose deposits, lose significant capital like that, it will get ugly and it will get ugly fast. Because not only will the folks who unfortunately are hurt by Evergrande, but everyone else will hear about it and they will not buy housing. This has a real, real chance 
to send the Chinese economy into a death, uh, death spiral of deflation. Again, we saw it and we saw the consumer step back, save, 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 not spend, not spend. Now they're expecting price cuts. And again, I think we talked about this yesterday. I will be looking to Starbucks earnings, which I think is on Wednesday, to see if the Chinese consumer is coming out of their shell. I don't know. Or did they retreat? And yes, I understand Starbucks coffee is a very small purchase, but it is a leading indicator. We saw it come in six quarters ago, something like that. And we talked about it right here. And it was an indicator of what's to come. And then the third one, what happens to real estate prices? I can only imagine they're going down and probably going down huge. If you want to talk about a crash, I suggest talking about the Chinese real estate market. I think they're multifamily, single family. I think it's all foobar. It's all foobar. It's all, this, this could be the true, this could be an 08 kind of environment, cubed, right? Not one, cubed. It could be massive. It could be a real, real problem. And then kind of an underlying one, who has all the debt? I believe in past research, most of the uh, Evergrande debt is within the borders of China. Uh, some of it is owned by Wall Street, but relatively speaking, a small amount. So it appears a lot of the pain will be held there. But there is, there is no question that this domino is a big one. And again, if, as in point two, it hurts consumers, it could, it could start a nasty, nasty feedback loop. We will see where this goes. Amazon, I don't know if you heard this, but Amazon was trying to buy iRobot. Apparently, the SEC thinks that uh, Amazon buying OROP, iRobot, is somehow competitive, something or other. So Amazon killed the deal. They, can't, they don't see a path to regulatory approval. So what happened next? iRobot laid off 31% of their employees. Yes, folks, the deal's dead. So iRobot had to slash headcount by 31%. Now, that is a huge percentage. What does it mean numerically? Well, it's 350 people. So 31% sounds massive. Hmm, fighting off a sneeze. 350 people, you know, it is what it is. It's funny. Sorry, I'm trying not to sneeze. We've seen a lot of layoffs. We've seen a lot of doomers talk about layoffs coming. So let's just talk about the 85 companies. Yes, folks. It's January 29th and 85 companies have announced layoffs. How many? I'm glad you asked. Total layoffs of the 85 tech companies, 23,670. Oh my God, that's a crazy big number. Well, is it? When you go back and look at 23,670 and you divide by 85, you get a total headcount of I'm rounding up to 279 employees. This is not a repeat of last year where we saw Meta and Amazon and Microsoft and Salesforce whack thousands and thousands and thousands. This is trimming at the edges. This is getting close to revenue. This is killing moonshot projects. Yes, 85 tech layoffs, 23,670. It hurts, no doubt. 
but it's 279 on average. So let's always put things in context. Uh, 20, I already did that, 24. Let's talk about Cody Sanchez. So folks, I know uh, many of you know that I'm training for a marathon. I ran a half marathon yesterday. I actually ran 13.4 miles. During that journey, I was listening to a bunch of Cody Sanchez videos. Two things stood out. One, Cody Sanchez talks about burners and builders. What is that? Well, burners in my speak are doomers. All they want to do is talk negative. All they want to do is sit on their ass. All they want to do is hope the world burns. Builders or optimists are out there looking for opportunity and creating opportunity. I don't care if you call them burners or doomers, but do me a favor. Block two today. Block two doomers. I don't care where it is. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, doesn't matter. Find two doomers who have snuck into your feed and block them today. Second, Cody Sanchez talks a lot about building a seven, eight, and even nine figure business. That's a million, 10 million, or a hundred million. And I think she does a wonderful job. I think she's amazing. But I step back and I think about myself. I am comfortable being a solopreneur. I am comfortable making an extra 50 or 100 or more thousand dollars. And you hopefully know by now I am pushing you, I am imploring, imploring you to start a side hustle while you are employed. Build it now when there is no stress for income. Build it now around a hobby or passion. Build it now with growing your network and you will have something in a few years that chips in a thousand or two thousand dollars a month and you will likely enjoy life more think about building it now and then sometime in the future you unfortunately get laid off or you want to quit or whatever you have options having a single job as your only point of income is very very risky folks build it now you don't need a seven eight or nine figure business if you do, follow what Cody says. But if you think you, you can't earn 50 or 100 grand in your area or of your passion, you're missing out. Just with one rental at a time, completely by accident. We have books that we sell. We obviously have YouTube or AdSense. We have referrals, we have courses, we have swag. All of those are producing thousands and thousands of dollars a month and I'm having fun. We are chasing impact and the dollars show up. So again, please understand, if you have a passion or a hobby, you too can start now, build for years with no pressure, and in the couple of years, you will have something. So I think solopreneurship, I think having a side hustle that becomes your main hustle is worth the effort. Alrighty folks, it's time to talk housing. Remember all the doomers in late December saying, oh my God, the world is ending. At which point I said, folks, we need to follow three things. I said it, three things. We need to watch active inventory. We need to watch mortgage apps and we need to watch pending home sales. Well, guess what happened? Last week, active inventory went down. 
Mortgage apps went up and pendings went up massive. Folks, our call of the uh, spring selling season starting December 17th feels omniscient. I think we are going to see some record numbers for January. Again, now we are seeing active inventory fall. Be why? Because you and I have been talking to real estate agents and demand is up. We are hearing multiple offers. We are hearing, there was a, um, I, got a, I sent this out on Twitter. I sent it on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, one rental at a time. Got a note from a follower. Four different offers, I think it was in Staten Island, New York. Four offers, which means, oh, by the way, they got four buyers. It's not one buyer with four offers. It's four unique buyers. Only one was accepted. They had to go over asking. The other three, they didn't even make the short list. We're hearing about this in California and other markets. Folks, again, as always, median and below, median and above, luxury versus time, it's just all out there. We need to congratulate someone who got two deals. Senya, with the help of Millennial Mike, shout out Millennial Mike as well. Senya, congratulations for your two deals. I know you've been working on them very, very hard. Uh, I am proud of you. They are already stamped and will be out in the mail. Senya and Senya, congratulations on your two deals. And wouldn't you know it, if you want to come to the event in Vegas in person, we have three tickets available. One, we have one VIP, two general admission. One VIP, two general admission. If you want to come last minute, it is time to buy the tickets. We will see you there, folks. Have an amazing day. Again, thank you for being here live. Thank you for watching on replay. Bye.